Well, this is the final leg of our fall kickoff series devoted to choosing God's vision over our lack of visibility because of the pandemic. Uh, we believe that just because the future may not be full of certainty doesn't mean that we can't receive God's clarity about who he wants us to become personally and as a church family. And particular to this year, launching in the middle of COVID-19, we feel like even though we can't gather as a church anytime soon, we're convinced that God wants to still grow us as a church in some really spectacular ways. And so, as we learned a few weeks ago, we're going to vault into a way of life kind of like the Olympic athletes did this past summer, where they chose to live Sidious, Altius, Fortius lives, even though the Olympic Games were postponed for a year. That in our case, just because we can't gather for the big event doesn't mean we can't pursue that way of life ourselves. And we discovered that this year particularly, we as a leadership get the sense that God wants to grow us by changing us faster, by instilling a higher degree of advocacy, and by developing a stronger investment of leadership development among us. That even though we're navigating a, pandem a pandemic, that God can grow us in faster, higher, and stronger ways than ever before. And so after launching into that a few weeks ago, we've looked at what it means to, first of all, experience God growing us faster than ever before, specifically growing us in humility and in togetherness and in compassion as we navigate this pandemic personally and together. Then last week, we looked at what it means to live a life of advocacy, specifically as we live a life of love that fights for justice and fights for unity together fully and completely. And so today, we want to dive into that third aspect of what it would look like for us as a church family to see God make a stronger investment in leadership development. And as I think about that, the first question that comes to mind is, why on earth would anyone really care? I mean, we're navigating a pandemic. We've got you know, financial pressures and we've got health stresses and parenting anxieties. Why would we care if God is strengthening his investment in leadership development at our church? And so what I want to do for the bulk of this time today is kind of address that and, and give you three reasons why, from God's perspective, particularly this year, leadership development matters in our lives and around our church to a greater degree. Starting with reason number one, and that is because a life of faith is influential. A life of faith is influential. A life that follows Jesus is intended by Jesus to affect the lives of of other people. Take a look at Jesus' kind of final marching orders to his disciples when he walked the earth. In Matthew chapter 28, it says, Jesus came to his disciples and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The simple truth is that disciples of Jesus create disciples of Jesus. Jesus uses disciples to make disciples in the life and strength that he provides. And he intends all of us who are aspiring to live as followers of his to have influence on those around us based on the life of his spirit within us. 
And so we want to help fan that flame this year, which in a sense is what leadership development is all about. I've heard leadership by some experts described as synonymous with influence. And so if we're seeing God grow our influence, he's developing our leadership. That's why every August we host a leadership development conference called the Global Leadership Summit, because we believe that everyone has influence and can benefit from that event. This fall in particular, I want to highlight one of our fall short-term groups that could also support your influence, and that's the Alpha course. We're going to be offering it for seven weeks at each of our locations as one of our fall groups. You can see it on our list of fall groups that we've made available. And I'd encourage you to take advantage of that, particularly if you have friends or family members or coworkers, or classmates, or neighbors, or teammates, who you get the sense are curious about spiritual things, or are in a place, maybe especially in the pandemic, where they're struggling and seeking after the kind of support that you know that God could provide, by joining with them to participate in the Alpha Course as one of our short-term fall groups, you can help us uh, you, you can leverage our support and the support of the Alpha program in enabling you to leverage your influence in the lives of these people that you care about. But that's Jesus' vision, is that as followers of Jesus, we would make and affect other people in the direction of Jesus. And that growing of influence is why leadership development matters around here, because faith is influential. On top of that, consider reason number two, that a spiritual family is intergenerational. Not only is faith influential, but a spiritual family is intergenerational. The way God intends all of us to do community is an integrated web of different generations altogether. Take a look at what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul says, treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. The Apostle Paul's vision to presumably these older men is not just that they would kind of clique themselves with other older men, but that they would cultivate great, strong relationships with younger men and older women and younger women, and that in the spiritual expression of a family dynamic, there would be this beautiful picture of intergenerational unity in diversity among us that we would all benefit from. As a church community, we want to raise that temperature this year, especially as we take our family ministries and try to integrate them to a greater degree in the life of our whole church. One of the ways that you can get involved is by serving specifically in our family ministry, even though it doesn't gather on Sunday morning. Uh, we still need people to sign up to be small group leaders, especially to our kids ministry in Movers and Shakers, what we call M&S. In addition to that, if you're part of a life group, we're hoping that our life groups themselves can become a little bit more intergenerational. So whatever generation your life group is a part of, consider expanding it by including some people of a diverse generation than yours. On top of that, as a church, we're seeing that, you know, it's kind of getting to that season where we should pay attention to the generational transfer of leadership, the handing of the keys of the family business, so to speak, from one generation over to the next. And so we're going to give a more kind of focused and intentional effort in that direction this year. And we're going to continue, as we have been for the last number of years, to continue to invest specifically in building women's confidence and the confidence of female leaders 
through the trajectory shaping season of junior high through our Brave Girls program and among our key female leaders in a program called Next Level Leadership. And all of those programs are intended to make investments in that intergenerational unity and diversity family dynamic, particularly where spiritual moms and spiritual dads can parent this family together. It's the family dynamics that make leadership development matter because a spiritual family is intergenerational. As if that wasn't enough, consider a third reason why we believe that leadership development matters, and that's because the story of God's faithfulness is inspirational. Not only is faith influential and spiritual family in intergenerational, but the story of God's faithfulness is inspirational. When other people hear about God's activity, they are inspired. Take a look at the example in 1 Thess Thessalonians chapter 3. It says there, Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. In all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now, we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. Do you see how that dynamic works? That the Apostle Paul was being encouraged because of another group of followers of Jesus' faith. The way that God was working in other people was strengthening him and his companions. As a church community, we've seen that opportunity that God has presented to us many times over the year to strengthen and encourage other people and other leaders and other faith communities with his faithfulness in our community. For sure, as we've shared our first story of generational transfer, where a younger generation took over the leadership of the church, that's helped a number of churches in unpacking generational dynamics and succession processes. Um, we've also seen in, in a number of different cases the, the other people being blessed by our journey towards going missional. You know, when we first moved to St. Catharines and opened up the shelter and then expanded to create a multi-site church with homeless shelter equivalents in each of those locations, what we now refer to as anchor causes, that story has been inspiring to many church leaders and many churches all across the country and beyond. In fact, especially during COVID, as churches are navigating with what to do without being able to assemble on Sunday mornings without the primacy of a Sunday morning gathering, when they hear of God's activity at Southridge that has moved our financial investments now to only 18% into our weekend service, because over 50% of our financial resources are now invested in our global and local anchor causes, they're inspired by that. <clears throat> Recently, We've had a number of churches approach us as they've heard that God has developed and established a, a denominationally kind of supported LGBTQ inclusion policy as other churches and faith communities are trying to navigate that these days. And we've had people as far away as Australia Skype us in because they've heard about what God's been doing in our female leadership empowerment movement, and they wanted to know how that could apply in their context as well. The point is that God's doing amazing things among us. And as we share those, other people are strengthened and blessed. 
And so because of that reason, never mind the intergenerational reason, never mind to strengthen the influence of all of us, that's why we felt that this particular season is time for us to kind of tie all of those aspects of leadership development together and to launch a specific ministry to enhance our leadership development called the Leader's Village. One of the things we're going to work on this year is to launch this ministry called the Leaders Village, which is going to tie together all of the leadership development investments for Southridge and all of the leadership development investments as Southridge for others. And as a leadership group, we are super excited about the timing of this, even or especially during a pandemic, to be able to see God strengthen his investment of leadership development both in and through us. The question today that I started with is, does that excite you as well? And I feel like at a practical level for each of us personally, if we're going to be excited about this, if we're going to see how we can contribute to this or where we fit in this whole movement of God in our church this year, I think there's a couple things that have to happen in our hearts. First of all, I think that if this is going to happen, we've got to care about God's plan A. We've got to understand and embrace the way God most desires to change the world, let alone change our lives. Look at what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 9. It says there, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out more workers into his harvest field. When Jesus looked at the pain of the world around him and his heart broke, his answer was for God to raise the capacity of people to meet that need. And that group of people that Jesus hopes would raise their capacity to meet that need is called the church. That's Jesus' invention to meet the needs of a lost and broken world, is his plan A, the church of Jesus Christ, that he refers to as his bride. And in that bride, often called the body of Christ, where every single one of us are intended to belong, that's God's transformational plan A in the world, and he has no plan B. So we've got to appreciate that when we choose to follow Jesus, Jesus doesn't just want to rescue us from something. He wants to rescue us for something and include us in his family, in his body, as part of his bride to involve us in his eternity-altering, kingdom-building, world-changing plan for humanity. And as he sees the need around us, especially during a pandemic, he wants to see the church rise and shine like never before. The question is, do we understand that as followers of Jesus, we're integral parts of that and we've got roles to play if we're going to see God's plan A play out? I think then if we're going to embrace that, something even deeper in our hearts has to happen. And that is we've not just got to care about God's plan A, we've got to care more basically about more than ourselves. We've got to care about more than ourselves, because especially when we think about the benefit of God strengthening leadership development among us that can benefit our friends and our family and our co-workers and our classmates and our teammates and our neighbors, let alone other generations beyond ourselves, let alone other churches and faith communities and leaders beyond just us at Southridge. 
If all we're stuck focusing on is what we need and what we're wrestling with and what God can do for us, we're going to miss out on that opportunity. And the, the, tr the trick is that we're actually going to miss out on God's best for us because we've learned around here that we gain the most as we give ourselves away. That's God's vision in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at what it says in the New Living Translation, where it says there that Jesus makes the whole body, his whole church, the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Gang, if we've learned one thing this past year, let alone in this kickoff series, it's that the journey that God has us on is towards a finish line of love. And the only way any of us personally, let alone all of us together, experience that is if each of us contributes the very best of God's investment in us to one another so that together God can open the valves of his love to flow the widest. It's only... Paul says, as each of us, as each part does our own special work, that we help the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's the way we get to know and experience the fullness of God's love for ourselves. So the question as we choose vision over visibility is whether we can adopt a vision that is far-sighted enough to look past ourselves and our own needs in order to make that investment of God's life uniquely in us to other people and to steward that together as a faith family for each other and for others. You know, a couple weeks ago, Mike talked about the instinct of drowning people, that when a person's drowning, they're not thinking about other people. They're only concerned with their self and their, and their survival, and they'll hold someone else under the water just to keep their head afloat. For some of us, we might feel that way, that especially in this pandemic, we're drowning. But God invites us to not just choose vision over visibility, but to choose a far-sighted vision and to look beyond ourselves, to look beyond the pandemic, to look beyond our own stresses and anxieties and to invest and involve ourselves with God's best in us and to contribute that, not just so we can give that away, but so we can ultimately benefit from everybody doing that and pooling that together so that together we can experience the fullness of God's love. We believe as a leadership that that's what it means for God to grow us faster and higher and stronger this year. And we believe that if we'll choose vision over a lack of visibility, we can experience that. And even though we can't go to church together, we believe that this year God can grow us as a church like never before. But it requires you and I personally and us together to choose his vision over our lack of visibility and specifically to give his best in us to one another and to each other so that we can pursue together and enjoy the fullness of that finish line of the abundance of his love. Let's pray together. 
Oh God, in heaven, we just are so thankful for the way that you lavish us with your love and that you love us more than just to rescue us from a past. You love us so much you want to include us in a present to make a difference in a future. And we just thank you for that tremendous opportunity. And I pray, God, that no matter how difficult these circumstances are these days, no matter how stressful or anxiety-inducing, no matter how much uncertainty, no matter how much we might lack visibility, that we can make the courageous choice to choose your vision. And that together, personally and as a church family, we would aspire to the ways that you want to grow us faster and higher and stronger than ever before. And as we invest ourselves in those initiatives and invest your best in us to share and steward with one another, that we would become a fuller experience of your love and that we would taste and see the abundance of it in ways that we've never known before. God, grow us in that direction. Move us to that finish line. And we thank you in advance for your continued faithfulness to want to do that, to, to want to do that in a way that doesn't just benefit us, but inspires so many others. God, help us to be faithful to you. We thank you in advance for your faithfulness to us. And we just so look forward to watching you work in the coming year. Thank you in advance for the lavish love you pour out on us. We love you back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.